happy to have you with us this afternoon. College Football Live starts with breaking news, and we turn to ESPN Football. College Football senior writer Heather Dinich with breaking news, Heather, out of the Big Ten. Wendy, Ohio State will play in the Big Ten Conference Championship game in spite of playing only five games. The Big Ten Athletic Directors, in conjunction with the senior women administrators and the presidents and chancellors in the conference, decided to eliminate a minimum amount of games to qualify for the Big Ten Championship game, therefore ushering Ohio State into that spot against Northwestern on December 19th. That decision was made, according to the Big Ten, based on competitive analysis regardless of wins and losses. There was a sense when the athletic directors met this morning, a recognition that even if Ohio State would have been able to play Michigan on Saturday, win or lose, Ohio State still would have won the East Division based on its head-to-head win against Indiana. So this is a big deal for the Buckeyes, for their playoff chances, and for that number four spot. Heather, thank you. We turn now to Desmond Howard and Todd McShay. Of course, Ohio State, Michigan canceled due to concerns regarding COVID-19. That means Ohio State won't have six games, but now can play in the Big Ten Championship. Desmond, uh, look, I don't think this is a real shocker here, but still a change in what was previously set. Yeah, it's not a shocker. It's um, it's an you know, something that we anticipated, we all expected. Um, it was like the news that we thought we would get today. I did um, get up earlier today with uh, Mike Greenberg, and I said, listen, later today, I'm sure we'll hear a statement from the Big Ten, however way they want to frame it, but it's going to put Ohio State in the Big Ten championship game because they have already made statements that said that this is where they were aiming because the Ohio State Buckeyes are, are the best team um, in the Big Ten. And this is the, the Big Ten's best chance to get a team into the college football playoff. So we knew this was going to come out at some point today. Yeah, Des, I mean, this is the least surprising news I've heard in a month. Right. We knew that, that Ohio yeah. State was going to wind up in. We knew that the, the Big Ten was because of money. It's all because of money. They want to they want a team to represent them in in the college football playoff. And I completely understand it. Right. It's a crazy year. You know, they tried to play as many games as they possibly could. The conference started late. They did everything they were asked to do. They, they didn't play their best game against Indiana, really the, the best competition that, that they've had, but they still controlled that game for the vast majority. And I, I think if we look at it, it's very clear that they're at least one of the five or six best teams in the country, and I actually think they're one of the top four. Well, Todd, Desmond, you're both right. And look, it was an arbitrary rule to begin with. We've seen these things adjusted. It's that kind of year. Don't forget, the Big Ten was one who said they wouldn't play football at all back in August, and they amended that as well. So, look, we've all had to be flexible. Ohio State will play in the Big Ten Championship. And for right now, we'll take a look at the college football rankings brought to you by AT&T. Not much has changed since last week. The top six teams staying put. The only big change in the top ten, Iowa State making the leap. They were ninth last week. They move up to seventh uh, this week. So as we look at at what we have here, Todd, right now, uh, if you're on the outside looking in, what team in your estimation has, has the best chance of crashing the party of four? 
Well, Florida is the team that kind of controls its situation because it gets Alabama. I just don't think they can beat Alabama. So I would say Texas A&M. Because if, if, if one of these four teams were to get knocked out, let's say Notre Dame gets, gets beat badly by Clemson, or Clemson loses another game to Notre Dame, that opens up a spot. And if Alabama is able to beat Florida, which I think we, the odds are, are highly stacked in that favor, then Texas A&M to me is the next team in. I had them this past weekend. i got to be honest. I didn't realize how good they are as a team complete football team until I saw them live. Their offensive line is the best I've seen in the country. They don't have great wide receivers, but they have great running backs. They've got a good quarterback who's playing really well, except for one game this year in Kellen Mond when he struggled against LSU, but otherwise he's been in complete control. They've got a strong defense that keeps getting better. They play well on special teams. I think A&M, I'm not saying they're one of the top four teams, but if one's going to crash the party, I think they're the most deserving and Head-to-head, they beat Florida. Yeah, they did. Earlier in the season, they beat Florida. Uh, Todd is right there. Um, But when you look at the firepower of the Florida Gators, watching them play offensively just excites you. It jumps off the screen. You're looking at Kyle Trask. He's a legitimate Heisman contender. He might be the front runner. Him, Mac Jones, however you want to slice it. Kyle Pitts is another guy who... (laughs) you're going to talk about later in the show who's just a special talent and so when you look at Ohio State you want to put someone on the field I'm sorry not Ohio State Alabama someone on the field that you believe can match you know a shootout in a shootout with Alabama and I think that would be the Florida Gators if they play a tough SEC championship game against Alabama maybe take them in overtime and let's just say Clemson loses again to Notre Dame I think you're going to see some people clamoring for uh, Florida to get into the um, college football playoff Final Four. So don't count the Gators out even if they lose. If it's a close game and it goes in overtime, something like that, similar to what happened between Notre Dame and Clemson, then people may say, hey, Mm -hmm. I think uh, Florida's one of the top four teams in the country. All right, it's, a, it's the uh, time of year we get to think about chaos reigning. Somehow it always sorts itself out. But this is 2020, okay? I'm not, I'm not so sure this time around. We'll see. We'll <laughs> remind you, though, don't forget to vote for the Dr. Pepper one final team. You can do that voting by using the hashtag uh, one final team. Still to come on College Football Live, we revisit the remarkable story of former Clemson football player Ray Ray McElrath Bay, a story we brought to you in 2006 and soon to be a Every Disney movie. I make, I got to know, I'm making a decision for Faymar. Faymar first, me say. College Football Live is brought to you by Allstate. You've never been in better hands. This season's pretty different. I said, wow. But the tradition remains the same. Every Saturday, 9 a.m. I had to bring my little brother to live with me on campus. You're in danger of losing your scholarship if they find him. I'm the only person Faye has. I can't let him down. Run it, run it, run it, hey! We don't have to do this on our own. Everyone's family here. Clemson has changed my life. My coaches, 
My teammates, these men are my brothers too. Disney Safety, rated PG, streaming December 11th. It's a story I was privileged to tell 14 years ago. The story of Ray Ray McElrath Bay, a redshirt freshman in the Clemson program, pulling double duty as a parent. Here's our original piece from 2006. Ah, one in. It's a typical afternoon for Clemson cornerback Ray Ray McElrath Bay and his 11-year-old brother Faymar. But the brother's situation is anything but typical. Every decision I make, I got to know I'm making the decision for Faymar. Faymar first, me second. Ray Ray and Faymar's mother, Tanya, has battled drug addiction for most of her adult life. When I first seen my mother actually do drugs, it was um, kind of an enlightenment period. I really didn't understand it for what it was, but I knew it wasn't good. I feel very sad about it because, like, most moms don't do that and leave their kids at home. So that's how I feel. Ray Ray and Faymar rarely see their father. In August, with Tanya once again using drugs and unable to care for Faymar, 19-year-old Ray Ray made a decision. He requested, and was granted, legal custody of his 11-year-old brother. It turned to a permanent situation simply because I knew that although I might not be the, the best solution, I was pretty much the only solution. You know what? Yeah, because, because there's like a 303 and 331. In only a month, Ray Ray had to learn how to juggle being a student athlete and a parent. That was some things I had learned on the, on the fly. Knowing not just to ask the brother questions, I got to ask the parent questions. The brother questions might be, okay, what you do at school today? Little simple questions. And then uh, the parent questions might be, um, okay, how you feel about living here? What's the hardest thing about living with your older brother? Waking up in the morning. But you get to do that anyway. Yeah, but he wake me up at 6. You don't like that? What's the best thing about living with your older brother? Getting to stay with him and play around and getting to go to the games and practice. The entire Clemson community has rallied to help the brothers. A trust fund for Famar has been established with special permission from the NCAA, and the Clemson coaching staff has embraced Ray Ray's new responsibilities. He is so much better off with his brother being here. He's just not worried about him. He, he's able to concentrate on school and, and the football issues so much better. And it's really been, I guess, good for our team because they've taken him in. After school, volunteers make sure Faymar is dropped off at Clemson's athletic complex, where he finishes his homework in an empty office. From there, it's off to the field, where Faymar has become a fixture at Tiger practice. Ow. And an unofficial member of the team. He don't got to worry about me disappearing or anything. And there was times I had to worry about where I was going to eat or where I was going to sleep at. He don't, have, he don't have that problem. Hard to believe it's
it's been 14 years since we sat down together, but I couldn't be happier to be back with Ray Ray McElrathbay. And Ray Ray, uh, ever in your wildest dreams, did you think your life story would ultimately be a Disney movie? No, ma'am. Uh, talking about this 14 <laughs> years ago, we, we didn't discuss that part. We discussed, you know, being a parent, uh, working with the community, working with the environment, but never making a movie with Disney. It's uh, been an amazing path, an amazing journey, and I'm grateful and blessed to be in this position. You know, I was lucky enough to spend a week with Faymar when he was 11. He, he was such a charismatic kid. He just sort of lit up a room. But now he's a, he's a grown-up, too. How would you describe Faymar as, as a 24-year-old man? Well, I can't use the word precocious anymore. Um, but he's still a great... <laughs> He's a wonderful young man. Um, I'm I'm grateful to have a brother like him. Um, we've we've been through a lot together, and we've grown together. And he's doing wonderful, and he's helping me out still continuously. So we hope to make things you know better off in the world. Walk me through the emotions of watching. I don't know if you two watched it together, but when you sat down and watched this film, what was that like? It was kind of crazy. You got to understand, uh, just seeing someone playing you on screen, and we were there for the the, the, uh, the shooting of the movie, so it was so much. We were so close to it, so tied to it, because there were various scenes that, that we participated in, and we put our input in, and to see it all come out at the end is uh, very emotional, but it, it felt rewarding as well, because we understood the process that it took to get to that point. And it wasn't easy, but um, we're grateful for everything that happened. You know, I was going to ask you, although I'm not sure I need to, number one, if you were still a Clemson fan and if you followed the Tiger program, but it looks to me like that answer is yes. Yes, yes, always, always bleed orange <laughs> and purple but from the day I die, all in, Clemson family. Even if we're going through it, we're we're still together in it. So um, always, always be a part of the Clemson family. Um, I'm glad I graduated. I graduated in three years, so I hurried up and tried to join the alumni so I can be part of the family, and it's a wonderful feeling. Ray, Ray, listen, I know you were part of the foster care system. Part of the reason you took in Famar is you said you did not want him to do that. Uh, if you're a kid out there and you're facing some long odds, you're part of this system, you know, what message do you have for those kids who may not have been as lucky to have a brother like you? Um, it's a saying that I said in the movie. And if you stick with it, uh, I believe it's something that can get you through everything else in life. And it's once the task has begun, never leave until it's done. Be not labeled great or small. Do it well or not at all. So if you're going to be the, 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 the sweeper of the, the, the clan, be the best sweeper in the clan. If you're going to be the speaker, be the best speaker. If you're going to be the best dishwasher, be the best dishwasher. So whatever you do, do it well and practice excellence in everything that you do. And I know that, you know, hearing these things might sound crazy to you, but it's about just sticking to it and, you know, um, persevering through everything and know that it gets greater later. Well, listen, I, I know everybody is thrilled about this. I, I'm thrilled about it, having been able to be a part of it so many years ago. Uh, just let me ask you this, a quick update. Your mom is doing well. Famar is doing well. But on a scale of, of 1 to 10, how excited is your family about seeing this movie released on Friday? Uh, maybe a 15, if we can go off the scale. See, I'm not. <laughs> you can. I, I've, watched, I've watched so many takes. I've watched so many versions. 
And so I'm just excited to see how everybody else accepts it. But from what I've came to realize that a lot of people have been wanting something like this to, to view and to grab hold to because there's so much going on today and it speaks to so many things that we are lacking at the current time far as, uh, as far as family, far as persevering and, and um, just overall community. And I think this brings all those things into the forefront and highlights those things and show you when all those things come together, what amazing stories could be made. Well, Ray, Ray, this is the first story I did at ESPN. It is still my favorite. Thank you so much. And we're excited to see safety streaming uh, starting on Friday on Disney+. Plus. Yes. Uh, I hope everyone watches it and enjoys. Thank you. Up next, Todd and Desmond do a deep dive on two of the most dynamic pass catchers in college football today. Are they Heisman worthy? Four teams, two semifinals, New Year's Day, the college football playoff lives on ESPN. It's been a disappointing season, to say the least, for Jim Harbaugh's Michigan Wolverines. Yesterday, the game with Ohio State canceled due to COVID-related issues. Michigan Athletic Director Ward Manuel was asked about his coach's contract situation. This is a time where we're going to focus on this pandemic. Jim and I will meet, uh, as we have said, at the end of the year to discuss um, the program and, and where we're going to go and all those different things. Uh, how rumors get started about uh, things before uh, both uh, before Jim and I sit down and, and have a conversation, I, I'm not going to get into. Uh, that's not for me to try to track down, but uh, that's where that is, uh, and that's where we'll be uh, at the end of the season. This season, Michigan is 2-4, and four, which is their first losing record since 2014 and the first under Jim Harbaugh. They are also 0-3 in home games, the first time in program history they will finish without a win at home. Here, though, the results of this week's Capital One fan vote. The question we asked, which of these teams would have the best chance against number one Alabama? And Clemson was the big winner at 43%. Todd, when we talked about Florida earlier, we should have mentioned they are on the outside looking in with the polls right now, but they do feature uh, one of the top pass catchers in the nation. Yeah, they do, Wendy. Kyle Pitts, to me, is just he's a freak, and he is emerged as the number one tight end in the draft class and one of the best players in all of college football. And I talked to him today, and he said the biggest difference in his game this year from a year ago is he's just got bigger and stronger. And you can see it. He's just he's imposing his will. He's always been fast. He's always been athletic. You see here, his ability to get off of press, man, and, and then after the catch with the speed that he has, to just shove this Ole Miss defender away and take it for, I think, 71 yards on this touchdown. He's, he's just different than every other player I watch in college football on the offensive side. And then here, I love the contested catches. 50-50 balls are like 80-20 when you're throwing to Kyle Pitts. And that's why Kyle Trask, the quarterback, has so much trust in this guy. He has earned it, and he is special. 
We should mention, as you did earlier, Todd, that Florida also controls their own destiny, despite where they stand right now. Mm -hmm. uh, let's talk for just a minute about Alabama wideout Desmond Devontae Smith climbing up those Heisman charts. What makes him so special? Well, I tell you what, Wendy, um, this, this, this guy, he can do it all. I mean, as, as, a, wide, as a wide receiver, there's nothing that he can, cannot do. Um, you know, he jumped on the scene as a young pup in the national championship game against Georgia, catching a game-winning touchdown from Tua, and he hasn't slowed down since. What I love about his game, he's about six foot one, huge catch radius. I mean, he can get the ball, he can catch the ball anywhere. He's a little wiry, great route runner, excellent hands, extreme confidence in his ability to attack the ball. And when they played Georgia earlier in the year, I remember watching that game, and offensively, they struggled a little bit in the first half. And uh, Devontae was a guy, just by his body language, you can tell he was the alpha male on that field, averaging 16 yards per catch, 15 touchdowns on the season, and he's number two in the whole world of college football this year, averaging 145 <laughs> yards per game. I love what Devontae Dante Smith brings to the position Des. as a wide receiver. Des, think about yeah. it. There's going to be the four first-round wide receivers from Alabama in a two-year span coming out in the draft. He's been the most consistent the last two years. Yeah, exactly right. Todd's already getting excited about that draft. I mean, it'll be here before we know it. We should recap <laughs> the top story. I know it's going to surprise everybody, but Ohio State will play in the Big Ten Championship. This after the Big Ten has amended the rules that you need to play six games. I doubt it matters, but I don't know, just worth mentioning that any conference with a team in the national semifinal gets $6 million. Again, doubtful it played a part, but you never know. Uh, that game coming up December 19th. See you tomorrow.